Hello and welcome to the Advanced Age Roleplay Gamers Podcast. My name is Nathan. I'm uh, one of your co-hosts tonight, and I've also got with me Matt. Say hi, Matt. Hi, everybody. And uh, we've got our special guest today, uh, Eric Grenstrom. He's a, um, uh, a writer, game designer that works for Free League Publishing, and uh, Free League has just just started shipping their Kickstarter for Blood March. <laughs> and I'm jealous because I don't have my copy yet. It's, <laughs> okay. it's shipping, but uh, I was hoping it would be here before the interview, but uh, not a chance. <laughs> uh, Eric, so why don't you go ahead and, and tell us a little bit about yourself and we'll get going. Okay, thank you very much. Um, I'm uh, living in Sweden and Finland, two weeks each place. So I go back and forth, it's pretty close. And I've been doing role-playing scenarios uh, from the 70s or 80s. Mm. Long time ago. Long time. I'm uh, from start out, I'm trained as a veterinarian, actually. Hmm. Uh, but then I've been working in uh, lots of different places in the computer industry and writing. And now I'm writing games and novels. You're a renaissance man. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. Perhaps. <laughs> a re-renaissance man, perhaps. That's pretty interesting. So you started gaming probably around the same time we did, which was uh, a few years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> probably my first question is is uh, and and I'm I'm assuming that you're still playing with with friends when you can when you're not tra- uh, traveling. Yeah, not, not actually. I don't play that much uh, role playing games. Uh-huh. I make them, but I I do play with my children sometimes. They are grown ups now. Okay. So they wanted me to play uh, Forbidden Lands with them, and I, I'm not that. I'm not a very good game master. <laughs> I, I'm more. I'm, I, I more have the ability to sort of come up with things. When you do get a chance to play now, has it changed that much since from when you played when you were young? As as uh, what you enjoy, what uh, I guess has fun changed from uh yeah uh, no it's, it's pretty it's, it's still fun and it's still uh, somewhat nervous i have some performance anxiety in this <laughs> well being the dungeon master which i'm always or the game master nowadays and so we, we started playing in the 70s with the first edition of dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. i had this guy bringing it home from the u.s it wasn't you couldn't buy it in sweden at the time so we, we did that for a couple of years. And then the Swedish version, you know, uh, Free League has a game called Dragonbane coming out, yep, out yep, now. Yep. Uh, that is an iteration of an old Swedish game called Drakar och Demoner, which is uh, dragons and uh, demons, mm-hmm. which was very big in, in the 80s and 90s in Sweden. Very big. I mean, it was, you know, I don't know, uh, three or 400,000 people. Uh, Kids wow. were playing it, and we, we were like eight millions at the time. And uh, I, I, since I already had played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, and then when this came around, one of my friends uh, he was writing for for the company that started uh, Joker de Morne, and they, he asked me, "Why don't you put something together?" So I sent in some stuff, and then I, I wrote a, a, an adventure called Svavel Winter, which is the Winter of Sulfur. So, uh, and that, that, that turned out to be, I, I, I made, I, made uh, I think, five parts. It was a, a campaign. It, it grew to campaign. Cool. So, uh, and it, uh, people still play it, actually. Actually, the first game of uh, Free League that they released was Svavl Winter. Because they made, huh. I wrote some novels from the, my old game settings. Four, four thick novels. It's like 2,300 2, pages total. And and then they made a game from the novels, you know, up, updating. Because oh, okay. it's basically the same story, but of course, a little different. So that's what they started with, actually. Only in Swedish, though. It's funny. One of my, someone that we follow each other on, on Twitter, he's, he's uh, from Sweden. And I think he's actually trying to run that campaign yeah. using a, a different, different rule set. Yeah. And we're actually going to play... You know, Dragon Bane. We're yeah. gonna start recording that in probably uh, two or three weeks, as Matt will attest to. I'm a, a, a Kickstarter junkie. I'm special. <laughs> from yeah. uh, I know the system. So, uh, there's so much good stuff. And the, the two of us are actually kind of uh, 
is is probably dumb, but we're going to co GM it because we both want to run. Yeah. So we're going to yeah. take the, the, the. I think that's uh, a good idea. We did that actually in the seventies already. So. I, as as long as I've been gaming, I've never co co GM before. Okay. But, yeah. but we both want to play, so we're going to take the the starter adventure and each take uh, split up the different adventures. Yeah. And go back and forth. And, and some groups they change the the game master every play. I think so you switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the way to do it as well. That's, that's the plan, the and I, I don't know if it's going to be it's going to be fun for us. I don't know if it's going to be fun for listeners. We'll see. We're going to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's that's pretty cool. I, I had no idea that you're uh, that you're involved with that. So that's, uh, that's uh, I, I'm not really involved in this well, iteration of Dragon Bay yet, but I might become yes. involved. We, we don't. We've been talking about it, but not so far. But uh, I will. I, I think I probably will will get involved one way or the other. And uh, the thing is, when I started writing these novels from the old game setting, Mm -hmm. the first novel was released by the Iron League. They were called Jan League and uh, Jan Ringen. Sorry, the Iron Ring. Mm -hmm. And those guys were the were behind Symbarum, as you know. Okay. Yeah. So so uh, they merged with the Free League some years ago. And they also made a mutant. Oh, okay, that yeah. was like zero. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, w- they they had this company called the Iron Ring, and then it uh, uh, it stopped because uh, the CEO had to do something else. He had another company as well, which took a lot of his time. So we thought, sorry, I can't do this anymore. And then they asked Free League to take over the Svavelvinter game, which was based on my novels and the mutant mm. franchise. So that's what they started with. So it's, it's kind of full circle all the time here, <laughs> several circles actually. So, so this is the the history list lesson I was trying to get out of Thomas, but he didn't really reveal all this stuff. In our <laughs> okay. with him. So, so I, uh, I appreciate you. This because this is the kind of stuff that's interesting to me. Like I can open up the read, read the book and read the rules and, and understand all of that, but just kind of this, uh, like how things came to be. Yeah. is is it's super, a long super story. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. I appreciate you sharing that with us. So, was writing that story that that adventure was that your first time writing, or had your other written other stuff for for fun or for pay? Yeah, I actually published a novel already in nineteen seventy nine. Hmm. Got published. So, so I was I had written a novel already. So I was kind of used to write, and also I had a plan from start to do novels in this setting, which is kind of an Italian Renaissance setting. So it's different from from the Forbidden Land setting, which is more like Iron Age, medieval. Right. And uh, I don't know if you know that. Uh, perhaps you do, but I mean, uh, the the Forbidden Lands started out as a Kickstarter stretch goal to an art book. You know that? No, I, uh, it wasn't the main thing. It was just no, like no, an it, extra. The thing or... is this: you know this old game, Dragon Bane, back in the eighties. Picture it yeah. back in the eighties. Yeah. They had this one artist that was uh, very famous in Sweden at the time. I mean, everybody knew him then. And then uh, Free League made an art book with his art, Nils Gullikson. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the book is around anymore. And uh, when they made that art book, one of the stretch goals was we will make a new game from the, his art. Oh, okay. So, so what? And, and that got funded. So a couple of years after that, I got all his art on my table, and they said. Okay, so here's the old art, which is the one you will find in the in the books of, uh, yeah. I mean, on the, in the rule books. They, they, Same they artist cut. for bit of reach and. Uh, I think it's more in the game masters and the okay. players book. Okay. And and they also made some new art in the same style. Anyway, uh, so I got those uh, pictures of his that I knew, of course, very well, and I could do whatever I wanted with them. So I made the Forbidden Land setting, and I, I had pictures of elves and halflings and orcs and dwarves and all that. So I thought, okay, how can I do something new with this, but still stick to the basics? So that, mm. that's how it came to be, actually. So I think, okay, we have elves. They live forever. <laughs> Are they Tolkien-esque? No, I never liked that. <laughs> I thought there must be something fishy going on here. <laughs> so that's why I made them more like, as they are in the Forbidden Lands. Okay. They're more like to me, they're more like vampires. Actually, have you seen the movie Interview with the Vampire? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they're more like that. They are kind of blasé and don't. I think everybody else is just meat that will die off and <laughs> rot. 
So, so I made them all sort of fascist-oid. <laughs> that was um, really what drew me in with For- Forbidden Lands uh, initially. It was just how everything was like the fantasy kin that you're that you're used to the name wise but the even the um uh like the halfling so like what was your <laughs> yeah uh, inspiration for the halflings they're they're pretty dark they're not the the jolly you no, know, no, no, no. You. the thing is i mean this is spoilers but obviously everybody knows that i suppose right yeah it's okay oh, yeah. to have spoilers here i mean the uh, i i read tolkien obviously and uh, the halflings are very jolly and kind of to me, there must be something going on here. You know, it can't be this like this. It can't be that they can't be just happy and nice and, and all that. So, so it's a facade. So, so that's what I worked from. And then I brought in the the goblins as they are twin kin, so they are the yeah. same kin really. Yeah. So, so babies are born either halflings or goblins, and the halflings don't want to. They don't want to tell anybody this, so they. The, the, these kids are born in the villages where they hand out the right type to each. <laughs> and then they go home and they, they just cover everything up. So that's why they are uh, as they are, you know. I definitely like kind of a, a, a like a darker story. And, and the art really was pretty evocative of the, the, the kind of style I like, the sketching. Yeah. <laughs> as far as these stories that you're trying to tell with Forb- Forbidden Lands, uh, what's uh, what are your influences for for coming up with these stories? Where oh, do you draw I, I, from? I pick uh, basically anything from anywhere, but uh, I think mainly it's uh, our own history. I, mm. I like to read a lot of history. So, and usually, for instance, if I if I want to come up with uh, some, like the the horse people in Asleen, yeah, in the Blood March, uh, when I thought, you know, I don't, I didn't want them like the Dothraki of Game of Thrones. Right. So what I did, I went to history and took the Scythians. That lived uh, on the plains north of Iran. Okay. And and uh, the Scythians and the Parthians that they fought the Romans and uh, they, they looked different from from other horse people, but they were still horse people. And not I didn't want the Mongols and Attila the Hun and all that. So right, right. so I, I tried to pick something and uh, and a very very good way to do that I can, I can recommend is to pick different things that don't really have anything to do with each other, and then then you can mix them into something new. For instance, I had in my old setting, I had a sort of tropical island where I took influence from Pakistan, from the Maya Indians and Sumerians. So, so and sort of got a mix that worked, but there was they were familiar but something else, right. and that's what I'm aiming for mostly: familiar but something else. Yeah, that's that's probably a, a good way to do it. Is is you don't have to be super literal with. Uh, where you're coming, you know, creating this new thing. So that's, yeah. that's pretty interesting. And it is nice to take a, a twist, even if you have, yeah. you know, presenting people are expecting in fantasy elves, dwarves, halflings, right. Yeah. Changing how they behave, right. Changing those social behaviors is nice because it's a fresh way to experience the classes yeah. or the, the, the different species. And so yeah. I think that's a cool way. And it's for people who've played a long time, you know, it's like, oh, look, it's a jolly halfling, right? Well, no, yeah. I get to play a halfling that's maybe not <laughs> so jolly or, you know. Nah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a great way to sort of like re-engage both, get new people who sort of are, you know, kind of shock them into something. Hey, not all fantasy has to be cookie cutter. Yeah. And uh, for us, us uh, cynical old gamers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but also I didn't want to make it sort of, I, I didn't want the gotchas, you know, that you're expecting this, but I will give you the opposite. So I wanted to, to to be familiar, but something else. So it has to work on its own. I mean, it doesn't. It's not supposed to be just a reaction towards what you expect. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, you don't know, just go in like like make the halflings are completely evil, right? No, 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 like, no. That's right. Yeah, that would just sort of. <laughs> yeah, right. And I want to be every kin and every also every being should have some kind of rationale that. They don't think they are evil. They have their agenda, and this is good to us. You know, it's, it's your problem if you don't like it. Yeah, everybody's the hero in their own story. Yeah, it's so, much like in yeah. our world. Uh, you, yeah. you asked me about inspiration, and I think I get a lot of inspiration from our own current world as well. Mm. We have got a lot of stories. You know, some everybody thinks they're justified to do what they do, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. 
when I looked at some of the other titles like uh, that Free League does, like like Vase and things like that, they borrow a lot from from folklore. Yeah. So you talked about some like real world influences. Are there some folklore instances? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I think Vastan was made as a as a folklore game, wasn't it? Yeah. It was yeah. built on on different folk, folklore. But I I, I pick uh, when I find something I like, I pick it. But I don't uh, sort of try to get it in. It's more if I uh, this is, sounds nice. And also, for instance, I read a a, a book uh, by. Uh, Paracelsus, if you know him, he was a 1500s physician, sort of proto-physician. And he had a recipe in this book he wrote about how to make a homunculus, you know, like a a small type of humanoid. humanoid. And he had an actual recipe in in this book. So I I pinched (laughs) that for, that was for the Tricorian setting. But if I find something, you know, some tidbits, I can just take them because (laughs) this is so funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, it, especially uh, if you grab something really weird and and, and shunt it into something that you're doing, they can really uh, make something unexpected that yeah. um, pulls in people like me. So. <laughs> yeah, but but not pure folklore, no. Okay. And, and do you have like a when you set out to write something? Do, are you do you ever write for just for fun to to create things for yourself, or is it? Really, you, you, you always have like an end goal. Uh, now, in, it's, in it's, it's, it starts, I, I found a process uh, of writing that works for me. I don't know if it works for anybody else. But uh, the, the problem for me when writing also novels and games is if I know too much, I get bored. So I had to sort of come up with ideas and then I can put on, okay, so we're going there. For instance, if you're, I, I'm writing a novel in the Forbidden Land setting right now, which oh, is great. almost finished. And uh, when I start a chapter, I think, okay, where do we go out from this chapter? This we have to be there at the end of the chapter. But I don't, I don't want to know what happens in the chapter because I want to be able to move around and sort of see things for myself and get excited about it. And that's uh, so I don't plan over plan it. Mm-hmm. Some would say I underplan it probably, but I. I so I know some constructors because I know know some here in Sweden that uh, you know they make a map of the land first and they uh, different parts of the land and here people are fishing here they are doing uh, uh, agriculture and whatever. I rather start with with a, a drunk wizard waking up in a barrel somewhere and then I'll see okay what's around me. <laughs> it's um, actually after reading more about sort of uh, Forbidden Lands, it's almost how the game play. That's how the game plays. Yeah, right? it it's is an actually. open sandbox. Yeah, when you because when I was younger, uh, I, I kind of never published. Right, dabbled trying to write based off the games we played. Right, D- do you ever include elements of the mechanics in the writing, or is it strictly a creative process set in a world, or do you ever blend? Especially after you mentioned kind of the not knowing, do you ever blend any of the actual mechanics into the writing process? I, I do. I, I'm not a rules person. I'm more of a narrative person, so I I prefer coming up with stories and situations. But and and when I wrote the the setting for Forbidden Lands, the rules were not around. They haven't made them yet. Hmm. So I wrote the setting first. Okay. And then they kept up with the rules. And I, I take it they work very good together. But uh, when I, I often um, suggest uh, r- small local rules for something that they, they encounter. Sometimes uh, Free League takes them, mostly not. <laughs> they, they have better people to do this. I, I have this guy, Pat Holmström, I believe, is, if I remember right, who's a rules guy. And if I have a problem and I say, okay, we have to rulify this, then I discuss with him, or he comes up with a suggestion. That, that's a better way to do it because I'm not really that interested, or uh, I don't know that much about rules either. So yeah, I, I think that really uh, the uh, duality you, you kind of described there is is a difference between how I run games and how Matt runs games. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, I am. I am definitely more. I'm. I'm always fascinated by the systems. Yeah. You know, whether the systems make sense, whether they flow or not. Um, I, I like narrative, but I am not, yeah, I am not as, uh, 
And, but then you Not have your roles. Right, so I, get, I get a lot of I get a lot of accusations of being railroady. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I I understand we need rules. It's just yeah. that people there are better people than me doing that. <laughs> and and if you're going to be dungeon masters or game master together, I mean, then you take the rules and you take the narratives. Yeah, yeah. That would be one way. That's that's how we ran it in the seventies, actually. Oh, okay. I, I made up the stories and I had this guy taking care of the roots. So <laughs> I wish me. it was that way. It's going to be two narratives. It's going to be <laughs> okay. him and yeah. our brother guy's Malcolm, who's like our narrative uh, supreme. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's so. a, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, the, I'm the silly narrative and he is the, you know, <laughs> well, what kind of sauce do they have on, on the potatoes type of a uh, no, narrative. Yeah. 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 But yeah, it, it is it's fine. I, I definitely like, and, and that's probably one of the things that, that attracted me to the to forbidden lands is is i want to be surprised with the players so just yeah. being able to okay you're here on the map where do you want to go what do you want to do and and you know i have some things going on other places and i hope you run into those things and, and you <laughs> yeah. interact with those things but you may decide that you want to go to the coast so i i like to keep it nice and loose and in the the game that in your setting that they came up with is really kind of uh, suits that pretty well, so I like yeah. it. I think a lot of our listeners are are pretty familiar with Free League, but uh, just in case someone who hasn't <laughs> cracked open the Forbidden Lands uh, book before, could you kind of go into the setting and describe the setting in your words? Yeah, it's uh, the base. Uh, the, the The thing is with with the Free League, uh, the Forbidden Lands setting is that it's uh, you. Uh, even the game masters told things. In, in the the basic game master's book, but then it turns out this might not be entirely true. So you have to be open minded as a game master, and some like that, and some don't. Mm. Anyway, the, the the story goes <laughs> that uh, once once there were elves and dwarves in this land, and the humans came sailing from over the sea, led by uh, a, uh, their god that was a raven with a snake in in its claws. And then uh, the, the humans arrived, and there, there, there was uh, war. But then the raven god said, listen, this is a big land. We can just split it. I split it in the northern and the southern part, and I drew, I, I'm bringing up these mountains between you. So, so the dwarves and the elves, you stick to the north, and the humans stick to the south. And then the elves and the dwarves get the orcs as a slave kin. That's the story. Now it it has turned out. If you read the, I don't. You, I suppose you read the the Blood March as a PDF. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's there's a challenge to that story, as you know, then in in there that perhaps the the humans didn't weren't led by the the Raven God at all. They were doing something entirely different. They were. This is a spoiler, but they were actually hunting the Raven that stole the snake from them, from their masters. <laughs> But they lost their memory, so they thought they were following the raven. Mm. It's about uh, a little like the movie Memento, if you've seen that. (laughs) What what am I doing here? Am I hunting him or (laughs) is he hunting me? And uh, it also seems that the orcs were not at all made as a slave kid. Mm. They were enslaved. (laughs) And and so uh, this is also very much like our own world's history to me, that you get a narrative told by the... The victors, the victor, the victor yeah. 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 But then there's another narrative that might come up at some point when when you don't want it to come up. And I try to build that in. I think my my part. I mean, uh, there are a lot of third party uh, people doing uh, adventure sites and one shots, and so I think my what I can do is uh, bring in a campaign that sort of runs along and that evolves and new things come into play. So I think I, I focus on that because that I can do the long and the complex narrative. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the game masters and people can pick whatever they like from that and change whatever they like as well. So, so I try to have a long story. It's not that I know how it will end or even unfold, yeah. but uh, if you get a certain complexity, my, uh, my experience is that you can always find patterns in this complexity to find new uh, things that you didn't see from start. If you plan it all from start, it gets pretty square. And I tried to avoid that. I did yeah. that uh, earlier when I was a game master in the 80s. And I thought, this is not good. You shouldn't do this. You should always keep open hooks and open ends. 
that you can tie together because they will always find you will always find new ways. <laughs> Players will do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, they will yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. well, and it, it sounds like a, a great opportunity. Um, having this much creative control over the setting, like you said, stuff is introduced in the original books. Yeah, that doesn't mean that you know clearly you can reveal or change or modify. And I think that's always one of kind of an aspect when you have a system that's very heavily and rigidly sort of has its canon yeah. versus the ability to say, okay, you've all been playing in this scenario and this is what you believe is real, yeah. but now you're going to find out it's not, right? No. And I think that's that's a great, uh, that sounds like an excellent sort of way to be able to sort of have that creative uh, uh, opportunity to expand or change the way people see the game world they're playing yeah. in. And I hope that the, the game masters like this as well. I mean, some don't, but many do. I that's my experience, and and I mean, yeah. I, I tell somebody. I, I mean, they write to me and ask me. I, I hope you don't get mad if I do this and this. I say, no, no. Listen, this is not my setting. This is our setting, and whatever you do is fine as long as you can get make it work. Whatever works is fine. And then I said, perhaps I will publish something that will negate all that what you said. But usually, you can work around it and say, well, okay, that's what you believe, but <laughs> right, right. So, this is what you thought was the truth. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I think Game Masters, Nathan mentioned it earlier too, but um, in some of the different freely games, some of these open world games, right? Uh, the And I'll talk about the mechanics, but like the mechanics of the open world or the solo play, it is nice. It's a GM. You're just used to knowing everything. Hmm. And it's nice to not know what's behind the door, right? And you kind yeah. of discover it the minute they do. If they pull yeah. like a random encounter or, you know, something changes, that is nice as a gm who's just you know, usually reading the book knows everything tells everything so i don't know yeah. nathan you feel the same way yeah oh yeah i definitely like um just uh, being able to uh take those some of those random elements and, and find interesting and fun ways to improvise them into the the plot lines i have going on and that's worked out really well yeah. in the stories we've, we've told so far but uh, just to get back to some of the other stuff uh, we were just talking about, you know, the, with the unreliable narrator, this is, uh, speaking of that, uh, if you've ever read uh, Gene Wolfe. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love yeah, it. This is like, if you want to talk about unreliable narrators, this this whole series yeah. is, is uh, <laughs> I mean, they're lying to you the whole time. So I, I appreciate that. Even like even like Star Wars going from, you know, the, the first one to, you know, Darth Vader and uh, being the, the father and everything like that. So all that, that's spoiler, sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh, I mean, no. <laughs> no. I think people sometimes forget that that's a pretty fairly common um, uh, technique or tactic to, yeah. to telling stories. And, and uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's good to be surprised. But with that being said, I guess one of the things I wanted to touch on, do you have like a, anything kind of overarching uh, that you're planning? Because there's other parts of the Forbidden Lands that have yet to be revealed yet. Yeah, I, I do have ideas. And I think... Okay, so I probably go this way, and that's mm -hmm. all I need to know currently. Yeah. I feel so. For yeah. instance, we have—I'm now writing on the older land expansion, which is south mm -hmm. of Ravenland. So, uh, Aslin is uh, these three are together, sort of connected very closely. Mm -hmm. okay. And then we have the the drawn lands, which are beyond Aslin to the west. And I have some idea if we go, which we don't know, but if we go there, I know how how I will try to move the plot in that direction. It's, it's sort of be more of a desert land where necromancy is said to have arised, mm -hmm. uh, came up. So uh, I have some plans for that as well. But I don't know much about it. But I know, okay, just don't spoil that. for When, when I write, I know, uh, you know, keep it open so you can go there. And then we'll see what happens. And it always sorts out. I, I, I'm really amazed that it does. You can always find a road forward. Uh, oh, when yeah, somebody yeah. points out something in the books, well, it says here that it's like this, and there it says like this. Then you think, okay, you, you swear to yourself, and then you come up with a solution to it. Because that's the way it is in our world all the time. You know, We, we thought it was like this, but then it turned out, okay. <laughs> so how do we explain that? And then you just have to try to come up with an explanation. And you can always do. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, true. But, it, but it's not the same. If you know some of these uh, television series, I, the first one was kind of twin peaks and lost 
the, the championship series lost. It was mystifying all the time. And then when it came to the end, the, the writers didn't know. We, we don't understand. We have no idea about this. That's what they said, I yeah. believe. Yeah. I don't like that. I, I, I usually have some kind of answer to the questions. I just don't tell it. And I, I, but if I have it, I know that I can work forward all the time. I don't want to just uh, put something mysterious in there just because it's mysterious. So you have like a, a an end game or a resolution, but you just don't know how to how you're going to get there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, that makes perfect <laughs> sense to me. Yeah. Which is it's funny we're again talking about differences. So I'm I'm okay with the open ended type of things, right? My wife <laughs> can't stand it. Any well, movie yeah, that doesn't explain fine. Fine. what happened at the end, she's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm just like, oh, it just you know, it just happened, right? <laughs> if you see a movie with your wife. It's a great if it's a movie that you can discuss afterwards. And yes. I, I wonder if it's like this or well, that can't be true. You know, it's uh, I love those. And and I mean the thing is, you can have uh, there are games that are very set. So if you like that, you just pick one of those games. So I, I wanted to do this in another way. So uh, I'm not saying it's the, it's the right way to do it. It's just one way of doing it. Uh, you can mm. play another game, and there's, there's another way around. So. It's, uh, it's like I read this book about how to write uh, by Stephen King. I think his own writing is is, is uh, instructions for novel writers. And obviously, Stephen King is a very successful writer. It's just that his advice don't fit me at all. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying that, okay, that worked for you. Fine. It doesn't work for me. So there's not one way of doing it. And the same right. thing here. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of his, but I will tell you, he's, for me as a reader... Yeah, his short story is fine. His really yeah. long stories, I I think it's the opposite, maybe of your approach. I don't think he knows what the end is supposed to be. No, and he, and, and that's, always, he explains that in the book. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. He says you shouldn't a have a, you shouldn't have a plan because then it gets <laughs> dead. But you should just have a vision. You know, this would be cool. Like you have these people getting shut in, you know, right the dome, for yeah, instance, right. and then he doesn't know how how to sort of complete. To me, so sometimes it works fine. Of course, but not always. Yeah, I find when I'm running sometimes, sometimes I I, uh, I don't have a resolution, and I I, I kind of hope that through play that the players will <laughs> yeah, kind of like will will, tell you will, will, lead, will tell me what the resolution is. Yeah, like, yeah that's that's like exactly what I was planning the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, maybe that's lazy, or uh, but but I mean, sometimes it works out, and sometimes um, I, I start to flounder. So yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, but it's like Game of Thrones. To me, yeah. he, I was he was kind of just expanding and expanding all the time, and I, I could. I, I thought I knew that he doesn't know how to end this. He will not get oh, it yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. So, and and I don't think he did either. But perhaps he has a plan. But it's, uh, I sort of saw that in his writing that he's just, he's just diverging all the time. Too, too many things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how I feel. Like I absolutely uh, love Star Wars. I have uh, you know all kinds of Star Wars stuff around, but. But I kind of feel like George, George Lucas is the same way. Like, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of things that uh, he just started going in a direction, and and you know he had to kind of uh, yeah. And then you build from there. But the thing is, you want to you want to be able to say that what you already said has to be true in a way, yeah. one way or the other. You know about the TV series Dallas, where one entire season turned out to be a dream by yeah. one of the characters. Yeah, exactly. That is really a catastrophe. And you don't want that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a, it's, it is it's different, different ways, approaches. So when, so a lot of folks are familiar with like, so there's the big, the big games, right? The ones that we grew up on playing Dungeons and Dragons. If you had folks that were, had primarily played D&D or like Pathfinder, like our group is literally just discovering Pathfinder yeah. and, and some of these other games that are from Free League. If someone had played those traditionally, was getting ready to sit down and play Forbidden Lands, what are, what are some, what's some advice or some things to sort of like prep <laughs> yeah. them to, so that they, you know, let them know going into this, you know. I don't know these other games very well. Okay. Like I said, I don't play them a lot, but I think uh, what you should do is keep an open mind because I get a lot of comments and it, they kind of surprise me that, well, in that game we did this and we could do that. Why don't we have this profession and why don't we have that game? Well, you have it already in that game. Why can't you just, you know, take whatever you get here and do something with that instead? I think you just keep an open mind. I, I, I told before I, uh, before we started here, I think, that I made a metal album with a yeah. musician friend. 
I hadn't listened to metal, basically. I, I listened to hard rock, but not metal. And uh, he sent me some samples. It was just like a wall of sound to me. I couldn't understand anything. <laughs> then I, 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 I thought, okay, there is something here because there are lots of fans of, of metal. So I listened and listened and listened and sort of got the structure. Now I can listen to metal music. And it's, that's the attitude you should have towards everything, basically. That there's something here. People like it. I don't get it. So I try to see what it is that they, that they like. And usually you can find something. It's so much more boring to say, well, it's not like that. I, I won't touch this. It's not like what I'm used to. Yeah, so, yeah. so just keep an open mind and take whatever you can from this game. Because there are stuff in here that you pr- probably won't get from in the games you mentioned. So uh, be happy about that. And don't look at what you're not getting. Right. <laughs> that would be my advice for life, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we, we as, as players kind of get in stuck in ruts sometimes if we play just one system all the time we're like we're always looking for that stealth role or, yeah. or something that we're just used to doing just, oh, I'm, I'm playing a, a thief type character so i've got to be able to do, to do x y and z and and I, I think that's good advice is just to really kind of don't you know block out those other experiences start from scratch like you're uh, like you're playing a completely different game and, and yeah. don't, don't try to compare it uh, to the other things. Uh, I think like magic in Forbidden Lands is a little different from what oh, you're yeah. used to. Yeah, yeah. Some like it, some don't, but it's more, to me, it's more like Witcher magic that you can use it as a, but you can also fight with a sword if you're a magician. Yeah. And it's dangerous to use magic, so. so. And I love the Here it comes. the power and <laughs> danger of, of, of magic and, and uh, Matt's uh, smiling because I, uh, I like uh, consequences. Yes. Uh, so if you take big risks, you know, sometimes there are consequences that, that you did not plan for. And no. that's, that, to me, is, is super fun. Yeah, and that's um, a story, too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a, like, like make, having a bad role isn't necessarily a bad thing. Because no. That, you, can, <laughs> you can really uh, advance a story, even like um, uh, character death. Yeah. Uh, like player death is sad, but character death is not necessarily yeah. sad. Yeah. If you don't want to, yeah, let's just try to reduce player death. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I like to joke with people about, about k- killing the players, and, and some people don't get it. But <laughs> Well, even I think uh, you mentioned, so even the Forbidden Lands, again, this is a mechanics thing. So Forbidden Lands has that sort of, even if you fail a role, I think you get something back, like willpower or something. Yeah. 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 So, so, so in the, even though it is a, it can be considered maybe a more deadly system, you know, more dangerous system than say D and D, which I, I think Nathan and I would both agree is almost flawed. No, it's more like um, a game to me. It's a game game. Yeah, very hard to die. He, <laughs> he's tried so many times. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So even though something is dangerous, you you run the risk of it. No one takes a chance, but but offering those rewards for that risk, right? Yeah. So I, I I do think that it adds a more dynamic play. Yeah, pushing and the roles. Yeah. 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 I, I think that we've been across the board really excited about almost every single thing we've seen come out of Free League. Oh, great. You know, I, I, I think just the approach, the writing um, has, has been, you know, uh, a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And also, I mean, I, I don't work for them. I'm, an, I'm a freelancer, so I have no interest in more than I, I like them. But I, I was struck by that they are so nice to people that they uh, try to help you and they're not, they're not dicks, basically. <laughs> We've had incredible luck uh, uh, with Free League. You know, we're, we're nobody. We're a small hobby podcast. And yeah. they have consistently put, you know, uh, like yourself, you know, authors, creators, mm. you know, willing to sit down and talk with us. And, and it's, it's been great. It's been great yeah. for us. We've learned a lot about, uh, I learned about history stuff as just players. We would, we would never learn. No. So, yeah. And I mean, uh, to me, it's, uh, the discussions with players and game masters is really a lot of the reward to do this. I, um, also, and when I write novels, it's, it's great to talk to people. I, I, I never liked really sitting on a stage and talking to an audience. I like when I sit down and take a beer with somebody Yeah, and we discuss something. So, so in, in your writing again, um, so do you ever, any of the people that you've played with or anything you've run or like, do you ever feature any of those characters? Do they ever cross over into any of the games? Absolutely. That's what, the, yeah, that's what they do. So in, 
in the novel, I, I'm almost oh, almost com- completed now. I have Marigold, for instance, is is one of the characters, and uh, uh, one of these uh, Rost uh, priest persons that are in the game, and lots of. And I, I I'm planning to evolve them too, and have uh, King Algaro. I don't know if you play that. I have the not, weather, I Weatherstone, you know, you come to a castle where there's a dead king. Okay. I don't think we completed the story. I was supposed to tell you about the setting. <laughs> anyway, so I have characters, absolutely. But then I make okay. usually the, like like in the, my old setting, I had uh, NPCs. They were, all the main characters were NPCs in the game. Well, okay. okay. Yeah, so now they, I made them into characters, you know, so they were the ones you were following. All right, so let's talk about Blood March. What what are uh, folks who have bought the previous uh, expansions? What are they in for when they when they get Blood March? Well, I don't think I actually finished uh, talking about the old setting. <laughs> I just came to the the humans. And no. uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, uh, but, but the, to complete that story very short, briefly, it's uh, the humans invaded obviously the the elves and dwarf con- country, which is Ravenland, where where the basic uh, setting was and uh, there's a war there and uh, a wizard opens a portal to demons that overwhelm the whole country and all the humans are killed and and after that there are demons around still so we and 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 the country where the humans came from they don't want anything to do with this anymore so they just put up a wall and say we don't talk about raymond land anymore and that's older land that's where the humans are which is the next setting i'm writing about so, so this uh, this is uh, shut off uh, this uh, Raymond land, and also there's a neighboring country called Asleen, which is uh, described in uh, the Blood March. The Blood March is basically part of Asleen, and uh, that was also shut off because the thing is, when all these demons were around and the wizard couldn't stop them, he realized that this is not going well. He told them, "Well, there's a there's a very nice country, you know, Asleen. There, why don't you go there and do whatever <laughs> demons do?" And they did, and he managed to shut down the portal where they came from when they were gone. And then most of them died, but the rest have been harassing Asleen for the last um, centuries. And now the road there has opened in the Blood March. So people come from Ravenland, people come from all the land. I want to see what's happening in there. You know, is there something for me in there? Can I? Other dead villagers and that I can rob, and, and also there's a power strife going on among the natives in that country. So these people come from the other, uh, the neighboring countries, and they try to get in on the uh, plunder. Yeah, they they want to seek power over their Selene, and and the you you have to as a player you can help either either one of them. You can uh, uh, team up with the bad guys or the good guys or the gray guys, which are most of them. And, and decide on what how you want to act, or you can just go and plunder with everybody else. But in the end of that expansion, somebody will come out stronger than the others, and that's where it starts in the next expansion. So you sort of uh, you will arrive at some kind of winner in a sleen. And if the players don't care, uh, this this will play out as a part of the environment. So. So you go in there and you look for it, and it's a little strange because since they had a de- demon infestation there for several hundred years, they have big jungles that are kind of like entrails spilled out all over the landscape. They are kind of red forests, they are called, and, and they are living and they're eating people and they're spreading. So some parties want to spread that, some want to stop it, obviously. And also they have elves in the sleeve. The elves there has, have been corrupted, so they believe the world should be red. The master of these red forests just hates every other color. So he wants mm. it all to be red. So he wants this jungle to spread all over the place. And he's got the local elves to, to help him. And uh, the, the elves from Ravenland thinks they, they become mad. We have to stop this. So they go in there and try to investigate how can we do something about it and so on. So it goes on from Ravenland where you played Raven's Purge, mm. perhaps. Mm-hmm. And you can, there are um, uh, characters are. Uh, continue in, in in the new setting, so you you can just go on playing if you like, or you can start it from a new. And the same will be in all the land. You can go there and build on what happened before, and it's made in a way so it it doesn't really matter how the last one ended. I mean, you can just adjust it so you can move on. So so that's was my um, ambition. 
There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. <laughs> and um, you know, reading through through the the different books and the uh, the the storylines, there's uh, a lot of uh, intrigue in there if you look yeah. for it. Yeah, and also, I, I, for instance, I try to make the dwarves and orcs and elves that they have different opinions among different groups among them, so they're not just like one solid right. faction. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, that uh, gives the players a lot of freedom too to decide where they where they want to line up or, or with any of those groups or or none of them. So yeah, yeah uh, exactly. And the same uh, goes for Asleen, and the same will be in Elder Wilderland too. That you can side with anybody, anybody, and you can be on your own if you like. Okay. So that sounds exciting. I, I've been going yeah. through the PDF, uh, but it's it's nice to have it succinctly kind of. Put like that, it it uh, gives me a, a little bit of fresh perspective on it. Yeah, you mentioned earlier that you're writing a novel based yeah. on the Forbidden Lands. Is it a disconnected storyline, or is it part of the the larger framework? It's, it's uh, I think I'm basically making it as a one way of the story to play out. Okay. So and then obviously expanding it too. So you will meet a lot of new stuff in there but i'm following the storyline so far and uh for instance i've been to weatherstone which is an adventure site in yep. the game raven's purge i know it's actually in the basic rules yep. and they meet a lot of uh, characters that you meet in the game so for instance merigal which is is a demon that many like he's he's uh, one of the characters in the novel and so on so, hmm. one of my favorite Authors uh, Ted Williams. I really like how he writes the antagonists. Like he really, and we talked about everybody, how everybody's the hero in their own story earlier, and that's something he does really, really well. Is like he is like, like okay, I don't agree with that person's a villain. They're the bad guy, yeah. But I can kind of see where they're coming from. Yeah. So that's what I aim to do as well. They, they, it has to be some kind of logic in what they do, and they have to have a name and so on. Is it going to be in English also? or, or I hope so. I, I write in Swedish because I'm not that uh, comfortable in writing. I'm, I mean, I'm not a literary person in English at all, right. but I can, I, I'm writing in Swedish and I hope it will get translated. And uh, of course, uh, since the game is so international, I hope the novels might just follow. I hope so too. I hope so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm so trying to, my, old, my earlier um, novels were very many pages in each of them. I'm trying to de- make these a little more easier to handle, and also you follow the same person, and I probably switch person to the next book, mm. but you will sort of so you don't have to uh, who the, who was this again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you do like a yeah. one point of view. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah, um, yeah I I hope it uh, gets translated because I I, uh, I think that's a good way to when you're trying to familiarize yourself with a setting. Yeah, is is novels. I mean, work with with Dragonlance and and uh, lots of those stories. Is, yeah. is, and that's what know, I did with the last setting as well. So yeah. I'm I'm used to it. And also, I, I don't feel like I have to limit myself to the game. I, I it has to be different. They're different formats, so you have to do them differently. But uh, they they crossbreed very well, I think. And as a novel writer, I tend to think as a game constructor, you know, you have to play out all the options in your head to see, is that a viable thing to do? And so So it's it's been useful to me as well. Cool. That's great. We're close to wrapping up here, but do you want to uh, mention your blog or any other things that you're doing right now? Uh, Yeah, Uh, it's a blog I started in 2008 in Swedish. But when I think about something in more depth, uh, for instance, uh, theory about how how to write and stuff like that I, I usually put it there just to have it have it somewhere mm-hmm. and it's been a little slow lately but now i'm picking it up again since i'm writing again the novel now and now i'm mostly writing there in english so perhaps you can uh, you can make a link yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, put link. Below, I, yeah. I read a couple uh, articles uh, the one about the unreliable narrator yeah in the um, the liberalism and dark fantasy was was pretty interesting. Yeah, too, and so. I, I, you can usually use stuff. Whatever you read, you can use some of it in your games. Or yeah, so I, I think yeah, yeah. And, and there are some good stuff there in Swedish as well. Actually, I think 
<laughs> that, so I might translate that later. I, I will see about that. Uh, Google Translate. I, I can probably get the gist. But <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. Poorly, but. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of Translate, uh, this, this is this is dumb, but I'm going to ask anyway. Is there a... Um, in English, we have the, the, the word murder hobo or phrase murder hobo. Yeah, is there yeah. a similar yeah. term in, in Swedish? I think it's pretty uh, I think we use the English word, actually. I know what you mean. It's very common in gaming here, too. <laughs> and uh, that, well, you can do that, but you should be get consequences, like you said. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that's the fun. That's yeah. the fun. But it's, it's, it's fun to play it that way sometimes. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Matt, do you have any other... No, I don't. This has been this has been great. Yeah, if you've got anything else, any other projects or anything you'd like to let us know. Yeah, I think we covered most of it, and this has been really nice talking to you. It's it's great talking to you. I'm, yeah, I'm sure. glad we were able to make the time work out. Yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, I can't wait to get my my uh, book. Uh, I've got some plans too. So yeah, if you get like a weird email from me, I mean, I'm really waiting for reviews and game reports now. So because this this uh, the blood march the, we had some production problems as you know so it got delayed yeah. and I kind of been waiting for a long time now to see what people actually think about it so uh, I'm waiting for that I I like what I've read so far my only regret <laughs> is not uh, backing to get the cloth map taking myself uh, man I really should have. I should anyway, learn from the last one, I think. If people have been asking <laughs> no, for that, I just, <laughs> uh, it's it's just like uh, it's 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 more money. It's like oh, I, I'm buying too many Kickstarters already. Yeah, but, yeah, but, he's but got it, a serious cool Kickstarter to, issue. It's bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my, my so wife is is terrific. She's uh, uh, a it huge is okay supporter of really so. games. It's it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a mild drug. <laughs> yeah, mild drug. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Eric. Thank you. Really appreciate you having you on the show. And um, next time you have something that you want to talk about, you can just sure. reach out to us. And, and uh, uh, thanks to everybody who's w- watching or listening. Uh, look forward to seeing uh, our, our Dragon Bane stuff in the fall. I think it'll be. Yeah. Um, I'm very uh, jealous because I can't play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, he's yeah. poor guy. Yeah. But I'll be watching. <laughs> yeah. Better. Gotta get, get those clicks up. That's right. Well, thanks again, everybody. Yeah. And take uh, care. have a good night. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>